So um, come with me to October 2021. Johnny Anderson is having a bad day. Uh, it was in the middle of the petrol crisis. Remember that? Panic buying. Do you remember all that? And uh, he's going about his normal day, thinking everything's fine. He's, he's, he's got his big uh, truck. He's carrying cement to a building site. And uh, he starts to grow a little disturbed and concerned because there is a growing queue of traffic behind him. And he can't understand it. So he slows down. He creates opportunities for people to overtake. But no one overtakes him. And he can see that the traffic is building up and building up and he slows down again, but no one overtakes him. And eventually, after many, many miles, he, he pulls up at the building site to find that over 20 cars have followed him because they thought he was carrying petrol to a petrol station. And of course, they were devastated, very disturbed. And he was definitely like, you do not want cement in your petrol. You really, really don't. That is a bad idea. And... Uh, it's an important reminder, isn't it, especially on a day like today, on Easter Sunday, to think about who or what are you following? Because not everything you're following is going to get you to what you need. Where are you looking for hope and rescue? That is a crazy story, but we're here today to celebrate probably one of history's most craziest stories. A crazy story that's been celebrated for the past 2,000 years. Think, like, on this day, 2 billion people, more than 2 billion people across planet Earth are celebrating this day, this crazy story. Everyone loves a good origin story. Don't you love a good origin story? Particularly you Marvel fans, I love an origin story. Let, let me give you a little bit of the, of the origin story. Come with me over 2,000 years ago. And, and a 30-year-old Galilean Jewish male suddenly steps out of obscurity into the limelight. His name is Jesus. The overwhelming historical consensus is he's a real figure of history. That really isn't up for dispute. Nothing controversial about the fact that Jesus existed. What's controversial is apparently what he said... And what he did, therein lies the controversy. His name literally means, the name Jesus means the God who saves. The God who saves. And that, that was his controversial claim. That, that he wasn't just any man. That he was God, who as Amy reminded us from John 3.16, God who so loved his broken world that he had stepped into human history, clothed himself in humanity and become a human being. That he entered into our suffering to show us what God is truly like and to do something for us that none of us can do for ourselves, which is to save ourselves, to rescue ourselves. He is Jesus, the God who saves. Now, you may be here today and think, Matt, there are numerous people in the last 2,000 years who have claimed to be God or they've claimed to be the Son of God. And you are right. There are a lot of people. And so if anyone's going to make a claim like that, you've got to be able to bank that check. You've got to be able to give the evidence for that. And that is what Jesus does next in these three years. He shows us what God is like. He's 
forgiving to people. He loves people. He embraces rejected people. He gives hope to hopeless people. He performs these miraculous signs, turning water into wine, calming stormy seas with just the sound of his voice, feeding thousands of people apparently with just a few uh, loaves and fish, setting people free from their emotional prisons, restoring relationships, and even raising a few people from the dead. But despite all of that stuff, which, if true, is pretty impressive, the main thing he said, and he kept saying this, is he came to die. And he came to die very specifically on a cross. I mean, that's like we all know eventually we're going to die. But Jesus had this claim that he was going to die and he was ultimately going to die on the cross. And then three days later, he was going to rise again. And the reason that he was doing this was because that he was going to bear upon himself the full consequences of humanity's rejection of God. Because that, that's the big story of the Bible. Now, everyone lives by a story, don't we? We all live by a story, a set of beliefs that we think the world is run. And the big story of the Bible says that God lovingly and intentionally created every single one of us in this room for a relationship with him. And a breathtaking responsibility to take care of each other and the whole of the world. He gave us that responsibility and that relationship. But we all at one point in our life, maybe still today, we've rejected that responsibility and we've rejected that relationship. And because the whole world throughout history has done its own thing and ignored God's way, then in the story we see around us, well, what's the fruit of that? Like, the world is full of stress and anxiety and war and suffering and struggle and sickness and darkness and, and death as a result of not doing things God's way. And however clever we are, let's, let's be honest, we can't seem to save ourselves. And for all the different things that we're looking to follow, even Johnny Anderson, it's just not working for us. And so Jesus boldly claimed that on the cross, all of that stress, anxiety, sickness, suffering, darkness, death itself, he would, in a way that's hard to understand, he would carry that on himself and he would die. But to prove that he was God, that he would do the kind of thing that only someone who was God could do, to rise from the dead. I remember years and years ago, me and a, a youth leader, Debbie, we went into Hitchin Town Square and we were having conversations with people about faith and what they thought about Jesus. And I remember this very, very cool guy in his 20s. He, he looked at Debbie and he said, the thing is, he said, I could claim that I'm the son of God and I'm going to die. Uh, for the sins of the world. And, uh, and Debbie, very, very quickly, she smiled at him and she said, but could you rise from the dead? And he looked at her and he went, well, that, uh, I remember it like it was yesterday, it's like 20 years ago. He goes, that, uh, well, that is something actually that I don't think I could do. Because you're right, like who could do that themselves? Only someone who was God could do that. And that was Jesus' claim that death, the biggest enemy of us all, would not have the final word on him. It would not be the final word. The resurrection would have the final word on death. Which brings us to Easter Sunday. That's the origin story. Let me read you a little bit of what happened. Luke 24, verses 1 to 12. It says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they prepared and they went to the tomb. But they found the stone... 
Excellent. And when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the, but the men, perhaps angels, said to them, important question, why do you look for the living among the dead? We'll come back to that. He is not here, the angel said, he's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. And then they quote from Jesus, what I said Jesus kept saying. Jesus said, the son of man, that was a, a name he used for himself, must be delivered over to the hand of sinners, crucified. And on the third day, he will be raised again. And then the women remembered. Oh, yeah, he did say that lots of times. And when they came back from the tomb, the women told all these things to the 11 disciples and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others who told them this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women. It seemed that their words were nonsense. And you can understand that, can't you? I mean, it, is, it sounds like nonsense to believe that someone rose from the dead. We can understand that. But Peter, one of the disciples, he gets up, he runs to the tomb, he bends over. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself, what has happened? What's happened here? Now, if you read on in the story, you'll see that Jesus repeatedly appears to his disciples very much alive for the next 40 days. And then he goes back to heaven and he gives them this command, which he still gives to every single one of his followers today, to go out and declare the good news that because of Jesus' life and death and resurrection, that life-giving relationship with God can be restored and that breathtakingly incredible responsibility to care for the whole of creation and each other can also be restored because of what Jesus has done. That's the story of Easter. That's why we're here today. That's why we're celebrating because there's a whole bunch of people, two billion of them around the world and a couple of hundred in this room who actually believe it's true. And, we've, and we don't believe it's true just through some intellectual exercise. It has become true for us. It's become our true experience like we, we can look at all the evidence for the resurrection, all of these things. And actually, if you look at this stuff, if you check it out for yourself, you will see that the overwhelming evidence points not just to a historical Jesus, but the things he did and that he died and rose again is true. But the question for us today, as I start to draw to a close, is this. The questions that the angels asked. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you looking for life in a place where there's no life? Why are you looking for hope where there is no hope? Why are you turning to Johnny Anderson when Johnny Anderson can't help you? Or more seriously, because we all live our lives by a story, why do you think that money or your job or a relationship or a nice heart or a nice car, why do you think all those things, nothing wrong with those things, but why do you think that if you get those things, that will give you the life that you're looking for, they'll never ultimately satisfy it. And Jesus stands at this centerpiece figure of human history, and he boldly and lovingly declares to every single person in this room, God loves you, God came for you, God died for you, God rose for you, and God is longing to be in a relationship with you, because then you will fully thrive. The God who says through this Easter story, he alone can save you. Because let's face it, the Jesus who overcame death can help us overcome anything we face in life. And even death itself will not have the last word on us. Johnny 
Anderson wasn't the only person who had a tough October 2021. There's a story I read of a man who got lost on a very high 14,000 uh, foot Colorado mountain. And when he hadn't returned to the place that he was staying at 8 o'clock on the 18th of October, all his family and friends, they sent out an alert. And the Lakes County Search and Rescue, they put out this massive rescue mission to try to save him. Now, thankfully, he was eventually found. But the crazy thing about this story is that the Lakes County Search and Rescue, they called his mobile phone repeatedly. The man had his mobile phone on him. He saw and heard that the phone was ringing repeatedly, and he never picked up the phone. Why? Because it said, number unknown. <laughs> you can imagine their frustration of how much sooner they could have saved him if he'd have only picked up the phone. And friends, as I close and as we think about the difference that God can make in our lives, I want to suggest to you that from the moment you breathed your first breath... God's been calling you. He's been trying to get your attention. He's been through, through circumstance, through life, in every way, he's been trying to get your attention to say, I love you, I'm for you. You don't have to figure all this out by yourself. I'm here to save you, to rescue you, to love you. And, and you might be like that guy. I don't even know his name. The story's in the news. Obviously, he kept it to himself. You might be that guy who says, well, it's unknown. I, I, I just, I don't get it. And so because it's unknown, I'll just put it in a, a pigeonhole marked unknown and I'll leave it alone. Or I don't recognize and I've got doubts about this God thing. And, 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 and does it really make sense? And listen, I get that. I really, really do. Because if Jesus is just some historical figure who did die and his body will one day be found, then we may as well all go home and have a nice time for the rest of our lives and make the best deal. But if Jesus is God who has died and risen and offers us the best life now, not a life free of pain, because we know that that is the world around us, but who is able to give us peace and comfort and hope and knowing that even death itself for us will not have the last word, then that is something to check out. That is something to look into. It could be the most important news of all. How, how will we respond? Let me suggest one thing now, and then at the end, I'm going to invite maybe some people here to make a decision to invite Jesus to be a part of their life, just like these young people have. I'll do that at the end. So you might want to think about that. With all of your questions, I've been following Jesus for over 40 years. I've still got questions. But like Jasmine said, I love what Jasmine said, and when we first talked about her being baptized, what I've discovered is like life is hard, but life with God is easier, even in the hard stuff, than life me by myself trying to figure it out. Is that true for anyone in this house? That life is not perfect. Life is hard. It's painful. It's agonizing at time. But when God's in it, it's easier. There's more peace. There's more strength. And there is absolutely 120% of hope that better days are coming. The better days are coming. And so one thing that you can do if you want to figure out more of this for yourself, because don't take my word for it, is, is come and join us in the Zio family. Be with us on a Sunday. Um, the, today we're launching our Zio groups. Everyone in the Zio family is going to get a big email about our new uh, series for the summer term, Disciple Maker. And uh, we'll be looking at what it means to be followers of Jesus. But if you're, 
If you're new to all this, you can engage in some of those. But there are two particular groups that you might be particularly interested in. One, Jamoki is running called the Wellbeing Journey. And that's looking at how we can become more physically, emotionally, financially, vocationally, spiritually. There's another one, well. And how God can help with that. That might be a good entry point. Another good friend of ours in the church, Paul Meacham, if you're a sciencey person and you're thinking to yourself, well, science and faith, they conflict. Well, Paul, um, literally, he, he's the guy that's working on the, the Mars rover that's going to land on Mars. He's a clever scientist guy. And he's written a six-session course that he's going to run with um, Neil. And they're going to do this thing called um, Beyond Coincidence. And we're lo- looking how science can help us see that God is real, not the other way around. And so you might want to check those things out. You can go on our website, zochurch.com forward slash groups. Anyway, things to think about. I'm now going to get ready to be cold and wet. (laughs) But uh, you're enjoying that way too much, Neil. I pray that you think about these things. God's calling you. Will you pick up? Will you pick up? Wherever you are in your journey of faith, we hope that you've been provoked and that you would think about this stuff. Don't follow Johnny Anderson, follow Jesus. That's the message today. And that remember that God's calling you all the time, seeking to draw him to yourself. And so as we close, I want to just pray for us. And so I want to invite you just to, if you feel able, just to close your eyes just for a moment. And before I go and say a a final closing prayer, I just want to ask, as we're in this pause moment, if you are here today and you know that you need to draw closer to God, that you need to make a bold and brave step to invite God to be a part of your life, I would love to include you in the prayer that I'm about to pray. If you want to say, I've still got loads of questions, but I, I may need God in my life, then I'm going to ask you to do a a brave thing just so that I kind of know. I'm not going to mention you by name. I don't know everyone in the room. I'm going to ask you in a minute just to put your hand up as a way of making your first little step of faith to say, God, I think I need you in my life. I've heard all these stories today. Every Christian praying. And so I'll just give it 10 seconds. If you're here today and you either for the very first time or as a recommitment, if you've drifted from him, you want to say, God, I, I think I need you in my life. I need you in my life, Jesus. Then why don't you just indicate to me so I can see, see your hand. That's great. Thank you. I see that. And I see that. Is there anyone else? That's great, mate. I see you. Anyone else? Three people. Any, any others? Anyone else you want to say to God, God, I, I think I need you in my life. And so let me pray. Lord, we all need you in our lives. In fact, our lives don't even run without you. Because you're the very breath in our body. And Lord, I, I pray for those particularly who have reached out to you in this moment to say, I need you. And we thank you that when you, you reach out, we reach out to you with an arm, you reach in with a hug. Lord, you love us so deeply, so completely that you died and rose for us. And Lord, I pray that those who've responded to you today would, would have something in the deepest part of them that they would know 
that you say yes to them as they say yes to you. Lord, as we pray as followers of Jesus, God, we are sorry for the things that we say and do and even think that hurt us, hurt others. We're sorry that we thought we were smart enough to be the leader of our own lives. Forgive us. And Father, we thank you that you love us so much that you gave everything for us that we could be restored into that relationship. And we ask that you would help us every day for the rest of our lives to keep you at the center, to live for you and be good news in a world so full of bad news. We pray that we give you our lives today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen.